Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guest Emily Lopez. and welcome back to Backstage with Becca B. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday. On this episode, she starred as Carrie in La Mirada's Carrie the Musical. She's also performed on both land and sea as the basket case in For the Record Brat Pack. And during past holiday seasons, could be seen in For the Record's Love Actually. Please welcome Emily Lopez. How are it's you? Good to see you. <laughs> I'm good. I'm just chilling I put on like the most Broadway outfit ever just for this I love it like so excited to and talk about theater because I love it and I miss it so much I miss you I wish we could go to karaoke I miss everything about LA theater honestly I miss just like theater in general and like sitting in an audience like hearing amazing people sing like I know there's nothing like it in the world there isn't There's anything. nothing like it. Yeah, there isn't anything like <laughs> so it. So special. I was talking with my mom last night about community theater and how that is like the most special thing ever. <laughs> like of anything, community theater is like the most special thing ever. It is. It's and crazy. I mean, LA theater in general is kind of like a little like community. It's so tight knit. Even though there's so many different theater companies in LA, in the LA area, I feel like it's just like one of the most tight knit groups that I've ever seen, you know? It's true. Well, it's amazing. Like theater is just a way to like extend your family, you know, like really, I feel like I have like people that are like family to me. They come from theater. Yeah. Always. It's just. But I've been doing theater since I was like four, so I just really don't know about life without it, really. I don't remember like a time before doing theater. Yeah, so have you like always known that you wanted to um, be an actress and be on stage and like entertain people for a living? (laughs) Yeah, I think I, I think I just like was born singing, like I just loved to sing and when I would watch movies, I would just have to play pretend along with the whole movie and the whole thing. So it really was more like when I was really small, my parents were like, well, what do we do with her? Let's put her somewhere. Cause it, I just had so much energy all the time. They're like, we had to put her, get her involved with something. So they just like, I, I started doing theater and um, yeah but I was four. So, and from there, it's just been my whole life. Cause I like to, um, from the time, even before I did theater, you know, when you're three years old, I just like to sing my way through life, you know? Yes. Like really like just live your actual life. Like it's a musical. I think that's the way to live. <laughs> it's the Broadway way. Yes, for sure. And I think my poor parents, <laughs> when I was like three years old, I was like dancing in front of the TV and singing in front of the TV to Annie on like repeat. Right. And it like seriously, that that never it's it never goes away either. Like I I've been such a big fan of musicals my whole life and I've stayed up late on portable DVD players growing up, um, watching like 
my DVD of cats all night long. And my mom would come in and be like, Emily, you need to go to bed. <laughs> it's really late. And I'd be like, okay. And she'd shut the door and I'd reopen it and just like living for it because the, it's so amazing. Like, and that's the thing, like, so I'm, I haven't finished cats, the musical, the movie yet, but I'm serious. Like I've, I watched like, I want to say like the first 20 minutes, but I'm such a huge fan of cats that like, I was seriously loving it and not even like, not like genuinely being like, this is awesome. Like if I was a little kid and seeing this, I would be so into it, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know my whole life, but that was always, you know, I think it's really special. Like things like PBS and how they always had the musicals on TV, you know, it's like it, it, it has to be made available to people. I agree. People had to be able to access yeah, I agree. PBS was where I first saw Les Mis because I don't know why, but in like 2010, I first saw Les Mis on PBS and I was like, oh, I love this show so much. <laughs> and it was like the kind of show like I was, I would watch it and I was like sobbing at like a little fall of rain, but like I watched it like 30 yeah. I recorded and watched it like 30 Les Mis is like amazing for so many reasons. It's like the one of the most dramatic musicals ever yeah but it's so funny to say that because the standard for drama and musicals is like really high you know because everything's really dramatic but the mess is so like it's so the scale of it is so massive i love it like it, i want more shows like we miss you know yes when do you think your parents figured out that you could sing at first um I think I was singing with Elmo um, and just singing like full vibrato. Like I, I watch videos from when I was really little singing and the vibrato is just so extreme. And like, no, you know, I, I didn't take voice lessons until I was like, I wanna say like nine. I started taking voice and piano, but the vibrato was just like so. I sounded like an old lady as a little girl because I'd just be like, every time. You had the technique as a kid. You had the technique. <laughs> I, I had the need to sing with heavy vibrato. It's just like a thing. It's like, it's such a, well, singing is such a wonderful way to heal yourself and. The world also it's like you really feel it in your body you know yes uh so what was the first theater show you ever saw and like did you realize like when you saw that show that you that like yes this is definitely for me um okay well I think like musical movies have always been on 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 the movies like the tv growing up because my grandpa uh, was really into musical films and like my parents knew all about musicals already. So when I was growing up, like that kind of stuff was always on. We were just always watching it. But the first thing like I remember seeing on stage, like my first memory, my dad started doing community theater when I was about, um, he was doing it before I did. So he started, when, I guess when I was probably three, and I remember watching the shows he was in and 
like being there in the, in the environment of like hey meeting the people doing the show and um you know knowing that they were playing characters but they were like also real people so i i already had the whole like framework of like what theater really is so like the whole aspect of it like how it is a community and um i was just like in it so i guess um but i i loved it so much in the shows where um I think like the first show he did was Hunchback of Notre Dame and it was like a um an original production of it like totally original music and everything but I was just like so into it and the story's so crazy and um amazing that's another Victor Hugo he's the lamest guy right yes 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 so the drama the absolute drama of it all was like everything I needed and um and I would just like get up on the stage after because at this theater, I grew up doing theater at this place also. Shout out to Lifehouse Theater. But um, they, all, after every show, everyone in the cast comes and sits at the edge of the stage and like signs autographs for the people and like meets everybody and talks to everyone after the show. So that's like the tradition there yeah. normally. Um, and so when that would happen after every show, as a little three-year-old girl, I'd just get up onto the stage and just start twirling around and like living in the fantasy of the stage and being like, I want to do this so bad. So I guess that's really like how it all happened. <laughs> You're like, I'm starring in the show and I'm on for presentation. Well, it's funny. I have a, I was thinking of my memories of New Year's because it's Happy New Year. It's a new year. Yeah. Yay! Um, I'm so excited for this year. I'm just like, I can't wait to see what happens, you know. Maybe theater's gonna come back. <laughs> but I was, um, yes, definitely. But I was thinking about my first New Year's memory, and it was probably that same year because it was that it was a New Year's party for the theater for Lifehouse, and I was dancing on the dance floor with my arms up over my head like a chorus line but I was dancing and imagining my whole life and being like just picturing it all and being like I'm gonna have the best life ever and I was imagining I was dancing with um Arthur the aardvark okay <laughs> that was my dance partner in my Love imagination it. so Love it. that's <laughs> I was thinking of that I I love, I wish we kept the imagination that we have as like young kids growing up because- I think you can. I believe, I, I'm a firm believer that you absolutely can and that it's important to stay in the way of how you would be if you were a child your whole life because that's how you keep the wonder and the yeah. not overthinking everything and the just being in the moment way of being a child. Yeah, I always say that I'm staying young for my age and yes, I I'm, think, you know, just get younger every year. Right. I'm going to age in reverse. <laughs> we're, we're Benjamin buttoning it starting, this year and now. beyond. <laughs> starting now. I love that. I love that. We're just going to keep looking younger and younger, too. Yes. And dancing yeah. and the whole thing. Let's do it. Um, so why L.A. versus New York for you? Mm. You're in L.A. and doing Good doing question. Good question. Um, so I always thought I wanted to move to New York, you know, cause I'm like obsessed with Broadway and um, 
And I always picture it in like rent and like, you know, the Mimi fantasy of just like living your best life in New York. But I guess like every time I go to New York and I love New York, New York is so beautiful and amazing. And it's got, it's this magic in it where there's this like energy under the ground of everything just being like, go, 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 like do it hustle and you have to hustle to be in New York no matter what like and, and I always think like if 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 I were to be in New York the way I would want to be in New York I would have to live the Holly Golightly life of just like having nothing with me there absolutely nothing having like very few uh you know I guess responsibilities really but it's just, or the fantasy would be to be in a Broadway show and be working constantly. So you have that thing that you're passionate about hustling for, which to me is like one of the best things to ever come from living is Broadway and theater. So um, I don't know, I guess I, it was just that energy was just always too much for me. But every time I'm there, I always have these amazing coincidences happen, always run into people, like you would never think to run into really? like always what? like what oh my gosh okay so um I guess one really good story would be uh this was one of the first times I went to New York I had gone and one of my favorite singers ever her name is Aoife O'Donovan okay. uh, she was singing at the Irish Cultural Center I want to think that that's what it was called but she was singing she's this amazing folk singer amazing songwriter and I was going to be in New York at the time so I was like oh I'm getting a ticket and I went specifically and then uh there was this whole the thing that was connected to it where uh like a year before I had done this concert where I was singing this Portuguese aria I think um by this like guitar classical guitar player named Villalobos and when I had to learn the song I was looking up all the other versions of it on YouTube and there was this one with this woman singing and it's it's actually it's written to be uh now there's a version of it where it's the soprano singing and then there's a whole I think it's five cellos playing the song along with her and it's so beautiful but in the video I was watching there was this one cello player of the group of five cello players who was like just incredible in his in his emotion like you couldn't really hear the difference or like pick out who he was in the in the zone of it but his whole energy of the way he played was so brilliant and fascinating that I like tried to find out who he was from the YouTube video like who's that guy and I found out and like looked at his website and was like huh okay interesting so then flash forward to this same New York trip I am um, riding on the subway or I'm about to get onto the subway and I see this guy standing with the cello Oh my God. and I'm looking at him and I'm like, wait a second, is that the dude from the video that I looked up his website? And I was like, okay, I think it is. I don't, and I'm never the person to go up to anyone and like bug them or say anything. Like I just, that's never me. But I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, if I get on the same subway with this guy, I'm gonna talk to him. And so we both got on the same subway, but I was still too nervous to say anything. So I was like, oh my God, okay, if 
and then we both transferred to this different train we were getting on. So when that happened, I was like, okay, I got to talk to this guy. Cause at this point we were like this far away from each other's faces. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, um, this is going to sound really weird, but, uh, I think I saw a video of you playing, uh, Via Lobos, uh, Aria, and you were playing the cello and it was so amazing. Is that who you are? And he was like, oh yeah that is me that's really weird and so we just started talking and i was asking him about you know his life like who are you how are you so amazing at this instrument and like you know getting to know him a little bit better just in the span of a subway ride um and he was telling me about himself and he was actually on the way to go play with yo-yo ma because he plays in um one of yo-yo ma's like groups it's the Silk, like Silk Road Orchestra or something. I don't know what it's called. I'm totally, I'm like grasping at long distant ideas. But, um, but so I was like, oh, that's so cool. And he was telling me about, uh, he was asking me about myself. And I said, uh, you know, I, I'm just starting to write songs at that point. I had just started songwriting. I had moved to Vermont and was like starting to write my own music. And I was telling him about, you know, kind of my influences and how I do theater. And, he said, oh, well, my, my girlfriend is a songwriter. Um, she's amazing. Her name's Aoife O'Donovan. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. What are you talking about? Your girlfriend is Aoife O'Donovan? I just watched her perform. I, I, like, I got a ticket to see her perform because I love her so much. And I started like singing her songs at him and was like, please tell her how amazing she is. And, um yeah it was so but that was like a really cool coincidence but that's just like you know one off the top of my head very new york you know yeah that's but, so that i don't know but but here's the thing is i love la and i i never thought that i would love la as much as i do because i'm from california and you i feel like it it's, it takes a whole journey to finally realize like how to love where you're from you know and to really appreciate it because i never i was always kind of like la is kind of stressful and a little bit just like vague and everybody will tell you things and talk to you in la and never say anything like real you know it's all just like a fantasy yep. but at this point that's what i love about it you know it's like it's like living in a movie really it is that's why people want to move to la for the it, like in the first place if mostly when people want to move to la especially like hollywood they're thinking like oh i want to live in the movie yeah but the only way to do that is to like actually decide to do that every day and the weird thing is like living in a movie isn't always awesome sometimes it's really scary <laughs> You know, sometimes you're in a Martin Scorsese movie and you're just like, I don't want to be in this anymore, you know? Yeah, and sometimes LA isn't like all, all that like everyone says it is for people like, like, yeah. like everyone's like, oh, it's glitz and glamoury and it's like not all the time. <laughs> Very rarely. It, it, well, I think, I think anywhere you are, no, not just LA, but like anywhere you are ever, whatever it is and whatever you're going to get from it is what you're asking for and the, and what you're you're looking for whatever you're looking for in your life is what you're going to find no matter where you are i think um i don't know it's funny i i love la too because people are 
hear from all over the world always yeah. it's a whole like people come here from everywhere and that, that's what i love about hollywood especially like people come from all over the world to see hollywood and then you get there and you're like what is this like huh <laughs> <laughs> i love it especially it's hollywood so Bowl, amazing but, but there's like <laughs> Oh, it's my, my favorite place in LA. It's like the most magical, there's a magic in Hollywood that is like on Hollywood Boulevard specifically. And like, I, I think like all the way up sunset, I feel like the magic in LA is like, it's everywhere, but some days you're just like, I mean, I worked in Hollywood. I worked on Hollywood Boulevard all, most of last year, none of last year, actually, all of the year before, none, none of, of last year. Yeah, I was there year. forever. <laughs> I'm like, I've been like trying to go to my job and my dreams, you know, I'm, because I miss it so much. I'm just like, before I fall asleep, I'm like, please let me go to my job yeah. <laughs> and have fun. <laughs> when did you, when did you first like discover the tight knit LA theater community and like all these uh, different LA theater production companies that are like such a big deal and like people hear about them no matter where they live, if they know theater. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess, like, I guess I've always kind of had an awareness of it because, I mean, I don't know, like, I knew about regional theater from the time I was, like, 15. I started doing shows kind of, like, around Southern California. And when you do theater in Southern California, you, you start to just know where everything is. I mean, that was, I guess, like, it was kind of a weird journey also because I had moved to, away to Vermont and didn't really know what I was going to do and never really expected to come back to L.A. But then I did Carrie. They, it ended up being this whole thing where I came back from Vermont to do Carrie. And that was like, <laughs> doing Carrie was like, um, oh, my gosh, like the craziest thing I've ever done, definitely. But it it was such a weird, surreal experience for everybody involved that I think like you, you go through something like that and then you like share something with all those people forever. And I think that's true mostly for whatever show you do, people do change you in a way. Um, and every, anyone you meet is gonna have an impact on you. But um, I think like that being the first like, okay, you're an adult doing, a show in LA and this is the one you're doing and it was so crazy to it try to cool. do it downtown also and the whole process of just like how people were so uh awesome about it and people loved it and the just being embraced by the LA theater community and seeing how people just want theater to survive so bad that they're just like you know, yep. the some the tickets for that show were freaking expensive. I think like tickets more than $10 for anything are expensive, but it's like, you have to pay <laughs> so that people can like work, you know, it's the yeah. whole thing. I don't know. I, I was always hoping there'd be some kind of way to do it, like a student rush or something, or like, if you're in high school, you can come watch the show for free, you know? Cause that was like the whole point of it. There was something like really, um, human about it even though it was like this whole crazy surreal experience it was very like it touched you in your soul you know and, 
I'm sure you all had people come to the show that weren't like that didn't go to a lot of theater shows too because like Carrie's a different kind of definitely definitely and people just like I mean downtown LA too is such a interesting community I live downtown like every time I live in LA I'm living downtown because I love it and I love like I do I really do I love the history of it I love it feels a little bit like New York it's like the most New York you can get in LA you know and that to me is appealing and um I just love you know the whole the whole feeling of it and Broadway and all the old grand theaters and um I I just loved it but it was interesting just the community of downtown how they responded to having like what is this weird like Halloween show happening in downtown downtown in this massive theater and like it you know it's really fun it was cool it was an awesome time does downtown ever make you sad because of all the theaters that like you see that aren't being because like that breaks my heart sometimes okay yeah that's like everywhere right now but (laughs) but especially like that's that's the thing of history too is like you get the feeling that like so many things have happened here and so many people have like I mean that theater wasn't really like a stage theater it was built as a movie palace um for a Charlie Chaplin premiere um but you know and I think I'm not I'm sure they must have had like performances in there before but I think this was like the first time there was like a full-scale theatrical production in that space so it was just like that specifically but like everywhere I don't know if you've ever been to like Clifton's or all the historic like spots of downtown you just feel this history there um it's it's heavy it's always heavy to feel history anywhere you are because it's like you'd feel something that's like past, you know, that's always a little bit like, ooh, <laughs> especially when you just like feel it. Yeah, I went to found in downtown and before this whole shutdown happened and I would like look at all the theaters downtown before going and like when I was in my Uber and I'd be like, gosh, I wish like all these were being used in like for like- Right, can you imagine? That was part of the vision of what they were doing with Carrie. Also, they were like, let's get people doing theater here because if they like people come to LA, I, I don't know. I mean, the talent here is so insane, also. Yeah. Um, and there's more and more talent coming every day to LA. That's why, like, anywhere you are, and there's more talent being born every day. <laughs> That's- I don't know I'm just I I love it I'm I wish um you know I don't know I wish people right now my wish and my kind of vision for the future uh if I can like put something out there for everybody yeah I want people to just start writing all their ideas down and dreaming as big as possible and writing songs they hear and like just listening to the random ideas you get all day and just start writing it down and doing it because like the only way to keep theater alive is to like keep making it and as somebody who like did a bunch of musicals based off of like things that already exist you know like movies and yes (laughs) ideas that you take movies and turn them into a musical it's like i want 
original ideas, you know, like I, and I think the only way to get what I want is to be somebody that's making it and to be somebody that's contributing. But I think like, if you want that magic, like, and if you love theater, start writing some something down, like write down a scene or something and just like send it to your friend and be like, here, act this out for me, <laughs> you know? So would you like write something? Like, you mentioned Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, I, um, I, I don't know. I, the songs I write anyways, are all very theatrical because that's like my, the way I grew up and the type yeah. of music I like and the, the way I sing is normally just like to tell a story mostly. So I, I write a lot of songs that are just like stories about my life, you know, um, that are always really weird because I just have a really weird life and, um, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've always wanted to write for a story specifically, but I have a hard time writing uh, with something specific in mind. Like if I go to write something down, I'm like, this is what I'm writing about. It very rarely ends up being a like a good song or something. Normally when I write, I have to just like say the first thing that comes out of my mouth, like word vomit and then try to figure out why I said it. And then that's what the song's about, you know? That's normally my process. But I I decided also um, for a New Year's resolution that I had, I guess, like last year that I'm keeping forever because it works for me and in life. I'm not gonna tell myself that I can't do things anymore. Like, I'm not gonna say like, oh, that's not a skill I have. Like, I can't write songs that way. because. I learned to ride a bike two years ago and I always said, oh, I can't ride a bike. I can't do that. Yeah. And I love riding bikes now. It's like the most amazing, it's the closest thing to flying on the ground you can get. True. Um, but I, I always, I always said that. And then once I stopped saying that and said, well, no, I'm going to learn to ride a bike. I did. So I decided, yeah, I'm not going to tell myself I can't do things anymore. So yeah, I'm definitely going to write a musical at some point, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yes, it's going to be in one of the big theaters in downtown LA. We're going to manifest that, too. Then it's going to go to Broadway. <laughs> I have so many friends that are such amazing, creative people and, um, and you know, that can make amazing magic happen. It's like, I think now's the time to just start coming up with crazy ideas and... Um, I love the idea of underground theater also like you know all always people are going to be doing amazing original things and you're not always going to hear about it but the way you're going to find out is to be in it yeah. and to be in the environment of it and to um and now just make it a, a way of being yeah the broadway life <laughs> it's all about word of mouth yeah um what's going on with you what's going on how are you? I mean, just doing this and I mean, trying to make the best out of the current times. Uh, mm -hmm. I felt like I needed to bring the conversation of theater back. So that's why I started this. You are doing it. I love it. <laughs> it's so awesome. I, I could just talk about theater all day. I could listen to people talk about theater all day. Right. I could watch theater all day. I could yes. do theater all day, you know, bring uh, on. <laughs> I, 
I wish that I was thinking the other night because uh, bringing up FTR because of the New Year's thing, I was like, mm -hmm. I feel like they could do something yeah. like a whole like planned out virtual thing. You know, you know what? They're already working on it. I know they I know these people are like always thinking like it's so funny. Uh, they're amazing. They're so kind and wonderful and um and creative and it's amazing. like that's that's how you make a theater community work and that's how you find people that are like uh, all the people involved in for the record are like how do you exist like how right? do you have this level of like talent <laughs> all, like everybody and everyone's so kind and I have so many lifelong friends from ending up in this like you know originally doing that show on the cruise ship for over half a year I, I mean it's it's so weird it's just weird how um I mean, it's amazing of them, but I, I always feel like they're, they're thinking like so far ahead for their ideas and ideas they have and they're constantly working on it, but they're also like very like making decisions right now type of people. Yeah. Like when we did the Brat Pack at Breaker Me 6, everything was like, so, okay, we're making this happen kind of like off the cuff. And that was what was kind of really cool about that. Um, but that's how they've always been. That's like the kind of origins of their it's like a ragtag team. I love a ragtag team, you know? It, the fact of that geniuses. they found that venue, the fact that they found that venue for Brat Pack. I know, when I walked into rehearsals on the first day, and you know, you know everybody doing the show anyways, because you lived with them on a ship, most of them. There were definitely, um, like Patrick I had never met, um, and Michael I hadn't met, um and i knew doug from doing love actually but i i had never met derek um and a, a bunch of people i had met when we did it at break room um but it was still you walk in to see your friends and then you're like in a high school bar <laughs> with lockers from the 80s what <laughs> like hidden in a hotel basement like what's going on it was so much fun it was um really awesome to do that and I really love that show and I love all the people in that cast so much and it was like I always would try to just think like don't don't like waste a second of this because and it, you know you're doing that show all the time when you do yeah. it on the ship when you're doing any show and you're doing it like eight times a week or however many times you ha have to do it in your mind like it feels like okay you know sometimes you just are in the I don't know you have to keep it like new every time also for theater you have to like it's new people coming every time so it needs to be a new thing um but there's always this thing of um feeling like you know wait I lost my train of thought this happens to me also. I think I uh, I have like a a channel that moves through me, and these ideas just like leave, and they never. I have ADHD, but... so I get it. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the list of things that they they could uh, diagnose me with is like, <laughs> oh boy. It yes. But, yeah. I lose my train of thought all the time, but like, I mean, you do. Maybe like, it'll come back. What were we talking about? 
uh, FTR. But like with yeah. live theater, I get what you were saying. Like with live theater, like it's different every night mm -hmm. and it's different depending on the audience. It's different depending on like the audience reaction that night. Right. Like that's why I go over right. and over again. <laughs> yeah, well, especially for the Brat Pack at Breaking 86, there definitely were a lot of different nights for that show, especially when we started because it's in a secret bar. Um, it was kind of like a secretive thing um, at first, like weirdly, like we're not going to tell everybody about this. Like it's going to be like only certain people know. And it was kind of this weird thing of like people had no idea what was going on. And a lot of people like it, it was cool, though, because people didn't know what to expect from the show. They really had no idea. They're just like, oh, John Hughes. I love John Hughes. Let's go yeah. check it out. And then they have this whole like they were like in the middle of these people like doing this thing and they're like in our faces and um it, it was always uh, always different it was uh really cool to see how people loved it though and especially like the karaoke rooms and uh you know we would sing with people before every show and uh then it's like you have friends everyone's your friends in the audience yeah you know? do you have, I like, like to think that do you have like a reaction from the show like that you remember that was your favorite because I feel like there were so many like audience reactions during that show like when they realized like what kind of show it was and they were like they're like they weren't shy about like reacting to anything happening or like shouting no well that's part of the environment too yeah that's like that's the the like for the record yeah thing too is to be like get into it people like you're here let's have fun like hoot and holler like have a good time you know enjoy yourself but it's always like you always get like you know people want to like mess with you or something like oh, we always get like hecklers for that show uh who want to like yell things and be like you know because it's a high school thing too it's yeah. like nobody wants to take anything seriously and uh but this is the kind of environment you can kind of do that and a most of the time uh, for the Brat Pack, it was kind of like, if there's a thing going on, like feel free if you have something like hilarious to say to shut it down. Like Doug, you know, is the, uh, he's the mister of the show. He's the principal. So he is such a genius and like a in the moment, amazing That's improviser great. anyways, and like a genius wizard of a human being sure he's just like he always finds a way to take care of something like that but um i always loved when people would be really into the boombox moment you know because that's the whole like for me the boombox is like the yeah. symbol of my soul at that point but um yeah i don't know that that was always really fun um hearing people react to the amazing riffs of people like you know michael thomas grant <laughs> just singing oh my god and people <laughs> having no idea what to do uh kyle sherman as the geek who is like he was my geek on the ship and he's like my favorite ever um and kenton and just like hearing all these different amazing singers and everyone else in the show having their you know that amazing thing and people being like into it you know that was cool it's such it. a special show like all the FTR shows are how did you first hear about FTR okay okay so um I first heard about 
them well I first first heard about them when I first saw a show Which um show? I saw Tarantino at the House of Blues um we did the House of Blues on Sunset and I went with my friend Heather and I was like 16 at the time I think and um it was so amazing and so much fun and uh Anderson who's like the director of the shows he was in it and he was so amazing and I was just like who are these people like all of these singers are amazing. I love the way this is done. Like, you know, you love the movies. So yeah. you're just like, yes, like I love this. And so I knew that was my first introduction was seeing that and being like, this is amazing. Um, these people are awesome. That and happened then, early on, right? Yeah, I mean, I was 16. So then flash forward to uh, Carrie closing early and me being like, oh my God, I'm so poor. I don't know what I'm doing. And I have no life skills other than really doing theater and, <laughs> and singing and performing. So um, what am I gonna do? And my roommate, uh, Kayla Parker, who did Carrie with me, who's like my favorite person in the world, she had an appointment to audition for um, the Brat Pack when they were doing it on Norwegian. Her agent had gotten her an appointment and she was like, yeah, I'm not gonna go to this because I don't wanna, I don't, like she had a really good job or she was like wanting to do theater in LA. She's like, I'm not gonna go on a ship and I don't feel interested, but you would be good for this. Like you could definitely do this, go. Um, they're doing like an open call for like all of Norwegian cruise entertainment on this day, like you should go and like just sing, bring a bunch of stuff to sing for them. Cause those people for that show, that casting thing. And I'm thinking like, I already know who they are. Cause I saw that I saw Tarantino show. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go. So I went to this open call and there were all kinds of people there. There are people in like floor length ball gowns, like jugglers waiting in the waiting room, like all kinds of people auditioning for all kinds of stuff for cruise ships. Oh my gosh. And I had brought my guitar and went in and I sang uh, a jazz standard. I sang Come Rain or Come Shine. And I know they're like all about the riffing and for the record. So I was just yeah. like, doing all this extra stuff with it <laughs> and then um I had my guitar with me so they're like oh well you brought your guitar why don't you play something so I played a Joni Mitchell song and then I didn't hear from them for like four or five months and I was still like living in LA like so poor I got a job at uh Harry Potter world and <laughs> I never actually worked there a day I just went through the training but I was like trying to just make it work. And then about like four or five months after the audition, um, my agent at the time, Erica Hunton, who is related to uh, theater legend, uh, Emma. I was gonna say, okay, wait, Absolute wow. Angel, Absolute angel, um, like forever, forever angel of the agent and a person, human being. Yeah. Um, she called and was like, um, for the record is offering you a job on a cruise ship. Uh, they want you to understudy some of the parts, uh, but you have to like be able to pack up and move on a ship for like six months in like two weeks. Like, oh my God. do you want to do this? And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That sounds awesome. So then, um, 
I got there and I was like late. I was the last person to get to rehearsals for that particular cast when we were moving onto the ship. And I got there and um, and then, you, you know, you just start like living with everybody and meeting them yeah. and being like, who are these people I'm gonna live with for half a year? <laughs> and they were all amazing people. <laughs> was, did you all perform eight weeks? eight days a week on the okay um no but I have to say when the that show first went on the ship they were doing eight eight shows maybe more than eight shows a week uh that's the original cast so that was like the supper club original uh the OG Norwegian for the record crew they were doing eight shows a week in a like a smaller kind of like more intimate for the recordy venue And like people loved the show so much that they were like, let's move it into the main theater. So when our cast went in, we had like made the show this big old thing with like lasers and like a whole like passerelle, which is like a theater term um, <laughs> to like run around on, you know? So it was this whole other thing, but we did not do that many shows we did, um, which was part of what kind of made it a little bit, it sounds so hard, so stupid really to say that it made it difficult because there's really nothing difficult about it. Um, but it was like, you had so much free time and you only <laughs> did the show. We did it two nights of the week, four times. Okay. So maybe we did do it, it, I don't know. I might be making that up, but it was not normal. It was like, split up into these weird two nights and then but you had like the rest of the week off and I wish like if I could go back and tell myself you know go back in history I wouldn't change anything but I would be like whispering in my own ear being like use your time like make the most of it don't be like sitting around bored and like thinking what am I doing you know just do something awesome and I I did do a lot of really cool stuff and we had a lot of fun but I wish I would have like you know, just use the time a little bit more. That's why like the quarantine is cool because I feel like people are using their time really wisely. Yeah. <laughs> it's so valuable and it's like, everyone's always like, oh, please, I wish we could just like take a break from the world and like stop our jobs for like a while. And then like you stop your jobs for a year and you're like, <laughs> what am I doing? You know, it's really interesting. I really, this last year, 2020 was really um, eye-opening. People have discovered so many new things about themselves. I have to say about for the record, the Mm -hmm. thing, like when you were mentioning that it moved into a bigger space on the cruise, Mm -hmm. it's genius because you're allowed to videotape the show. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that helps with word of mouth and helps with like people discovering it and like people wanting to go see it and like seeing a video on YouTube and going, what's this all about? Like, yeah it's cool I mean they're really smart too about how they get the word out about their shows and so many people know about it anyways but it is this interesting thing where it still feels like this new thing especially like for the record and everything they do like every time they do something it feels like a new thing that you kind of have to like figure out a way to explain to people or you you don't even really like you could really just take people to it and they'll like love it really But it's interesting, like that word of mouth thing of like theater, sometimes it's hard to describe a show, you know, sometimes it's hard to be like, well, it's kind of this and that and like, you just got to see it, you know? Yeah, that's what, that's what I say to everyone. I can't, I can't describe shows. I have to 
I, I show them videos where I'm like, you have to see the show. You have to go in person. You do. Well, that's theater, you know, I, yeah. but I, I mean, I'm not going to say that I don't love a bootleg and that I don't love, um, you know, a bootleg where people are even putting the camera down because they don't want to get caught. Cause like you, you have to make it happen sometimes but, yeah. or like, you know, watching something again on a video, but there's nothing like being there when it happens, you know? That, yeah, that's why yeah. this this time has been so hard for so many people, I feel like. I know. We're hungry. We're hungry for that live theater experience. I'm hungry for it. I'm in rehearsals every single night in my dreams for like yes. the craziest dream shows that would never make any sense and people would just be like, what's going on, you know? Before I ask about dream shows, because that is one of my questions, <laughs> uh, I have a hard question. Love yeah. Actually or Brat Pack and why? <laughs> oh no, that is really hard. Um, okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I love Love Actually so much because it's like Christmas. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and and everyone in it is like, I mean, I, I did it two years. Um, and you know everyone is so nice and so talented and so like these are the kind of people you would want to spend time with all Christmas you know like it's it's so special and it's so fun and um I did the show my favorite one of my favorite human beings ever is Carson Higgins um and he was the other swing so we're just like doing the whole show together basically and cracking up because um you know for us like we're we're swings but we're also like these random British people and like <laughs> and it's just this classic thing of like who am I like what's my motivation here <laughs> and I love that because that is like I've never had that really in a I mean I I have but like it's just a different thing. It was really fun. And it's like, you're, you're in the movie, like you're watching the movie while you're doing yeah. the show. And, um, I love that, but I don't know. Brat Pack is like, Brat Pack. I, I feel like I'm in this question. I'm going to say that I'm choosing love actually, because I love it so much. And I love the cast so much, but, um, Brat Pack is like something that is just a part of my life at this point. Like, it was, I've done the show so many times and like lived with it for like a really big chunk of my life. So it's like, to me, it's like, I, if I, if I choose something else, it's not going to change anything because this show is a part of my skeleton now. <laughs> yeah. Brat Pack got extended, what, like 15 times? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of times it was so funny. Like it was awesome because I had a job like for a really long time. <laughs> They're like, we're closing tomorrow night. JK, we're, we're extending the show. <laughs> I know it was so cool. It was so much fun. And I loved, you know, Break Room 86 and everybody working at Break Room was so cool. And yeah. Um, we made so many friends that way and um, I don't know it was in the karaoke for hours I think like you know karaoke is like one of the most it's feeling amazing things you can do for yourself as a human being is to just start singing karaoke every day 
You make me want to go put my Glee karaoke on on my TV because I have it and I used to sing that all the time. Oh my gosh, me too. I found an old CD, like a CD booklet, and there's so many Glee CDs in there. Like, (laughs) amazing. The best. So, before I move on from For the Record and ask about your dream role, how do you make iconic roles like the ones in for the record how do you make them your own um well yeah that's interesting so it's weird because like you're all these different characters in this show you're all these different characters but you're still like this one character in this environment you're like one being really and everything's like kind of randomly connected to each other. Like, it's not like, oh, this is this movie where we're watching this scene. It's like, these are these archetypes and they're doing these scenes for you in this weird way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Um, so, I don't know. It's like, uh, there's just kind of like mannerisms, I think, and uh, certain things about the characters that I grew up watching these movies all the time. and. It's just like, I don't know, for like a basket case, it's like, that's literally who I am. Like, I, I, I oh, was so weird. I am so weird, but I was so weird in high school, um, like in the school environment. And I just had no interest in like really hanging out with anybody at my school because I had all my theater friends and was like, we're cool. Like, I mean, I did have friends at school, but it was never like, uh, oh, I care about this. And like, I would never go to class my whole, um, my sophomore year, my parents got a letter in the mail from the school for like attendance. And it was like emergency, like your child has attended like 46 days out of the school year. (laughs) (laughs) I would just leave. I would like, cause we, I lived like down the street from the high school. So I would walk to school every day, but I would like wake up late, take my time. Cause the only class I cared about was jazz band, which was second period, which didn't start until nine. So I could like walk, go get a breakfast sandwich, like take my time, smell the roses. I'd be like having my CD like player, my Walkman on listening to the soundtrack from the breakfast club, literally in high school listening to like movie soundtracks just romanticizing my life being like I don't care you know (laughs) so that was like I that's just me so um that wasn't really that that hard or or um difficult honestly um I don't know like I think if as far as like having to be a certain role that's like an iconic thing Carrie was like way harder because it's like it's so iconic and there are so many amazing carries and I for that was just like okay I just have to like make myself like me I can't like be Carrie but I can like be me as Carrie and make myself as a human being as vulnerable as possible so that like this being which I believe like Carrie is a being that possesses people (laughs) 
and I literally was possessed by Carrie um, and was for a long time after doing the show and like was in therapy being like, help me. I think I can move things with my mind. So, <laughs> and your therapist is like, mm. so that's how I make a role my own is to just let the entity possess me and do it instead of me. You know, that's how I do it. Hey, I love it. You put, your, <laughs> you literally like put yourself into the character's shoes. Yeah. I mean, I had blood under my fingernails the whole time I did the show it never came out so now I just paint my fingernails the color of blood hey it works yeah. <laughs> or or it's like Christmassy now kind yeah of. it's fancy you know it's burgundy yeah <laughs> uh so what's a theater role that's on your bucket list whether it's on Broadway or whether it's like something that like whether it's something you want to create. Okay, like, um, I have so many bucket list theater roles, it's not even funny, but like top tier bucket lists, like whole lifetime, like I want to live to be old enough to play the role is Mrs. Lovett. Um, I want to do, I, oh my gosh, I want to do Sunday in the Park with George so badly. Um, and I actually kind of like agreed to do it Ooh. at some point this year if it happens like I told somebody they're like oh we're gonna do Sunday in the Park George and I was like can I do it <laughs> and they're like yes so we'll see if it happens if it does I'm getting everybody tickets because uh -huh. that's like the only show I like that's the top one is Dot um and I love Light in the Piazza I want to do Clara so badly um uh, and I want to do it with uh, Vicky Strong who was, uh, she's done the show before, but she was uh, my, she was the Margaret cover and she went on one time uh, as Margaret. But to me, in my mind, she's the perfect um, mother in Light in the Piazza. And she's done the role before with Brady who directed Carrie. So I'm like, please do it. Cause I'm gonna be like too old if we wait, you know? You know that you're like- happening. I don't know, but that's that's on the list. Um, Sally Bowles, um, Froland Sally Bowles. But I, I think like if I ever do Sally Bowles, I'm like really adamant about this. I wanted to just be American because in the in the um, the script for the stage play, she's she's English, and um, the Cliff is American, but in the movie with Liza she's Liza she's American you know and it works so much better because I think Sally Bowles is like just so American in my mind like everything about like what makes Americans like these weird like extreme like this confidence extreme confidence this like um just in your face like wanting to meet everybody and like much. About everybody's life and like and having like kind of this like unawareness also <laughs> like not that like Americans are this and this is what Americans are but like Sally Bowles in that environment of like Berlin being this thing of like ah, I love that I just love that dynamic so if I ever do cabaret I'm gonna like fight the director and be like I'm American oh <laughs> yes <laughs> you're like this is why I have my reasoning <laughs> please it's Liza I mean you're Liza. you're ready to pitch it really well to for her to be American so I know my roommate Kayla 
is like the ultimate Sally Bowles. That's her, that's her bucket list role too. So like, for me, I'm like, I've kind of conceded like, okay, you get to do Sally. Like you get, you do Sally first because she's like the ultimate Sally Bowles. Like she is, like she's, it, it, she would be so phenomenal and so flawless, but she uh, sent in, this is a funny story. She sent in a video audition for a production of it. And we filmed it and she was drinking like real gin while we were doing it. And it was just like so method and amazing. And she was so good. And they, she didn't get cast, but this is what happened. This is the story. So she didn't get cast, but her friend did. And her friend was like there on the first rehearsals or whatever. And um, they all were out drinking with the director and everything. And, and he said, he called Kayla and was like, so this happened. The director of the cabaret I'm doing that you sent in a video for was telling us all at drinks after rehearsal that there was this girl that sent in this video for Sally Bowles who was so amazing and so perfect for the role but he couldn't cast her because he had already promised the role to his friend and he is just like so sad in his soul because of this girl and he was like describing the girl and then his friend was like that her friend was like, it was you. I know it was you. <laughs> oh, isn't that amazing? That's like, I love those weird, like, I know I was so good and like, I would be so good in this part. Things but, happen like, for a reason. You're just not gonna get it because it's like, they already gave the part to someone else, you know? <laughs> and I'm sure like something was meant to happen instead that probably happened. It's like, right. Right. That's like a, a really important thing for doing, being a person who does theater too, is like learning to be at peace with that and not like beating yourself up or being like really disappointed when something doesn't work out that you were excited about because it's not meant to be and your life is unfolding and you're going to be where you're meant to be always. Yes. That's actually brings me into one of my other questions, which is what advice would you give to someone in the theater in this like current day and age because I feel like you have such good advice oh my gosh that's so funny because I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing as far as like well as far as like knowing how to audition for things or like knowing like I don't have a headshot I haven't had like a a like a headshot that somebody took of me for like auditioning or something in like five years because it's just like, that's not how it's happened for me. I, I just randomly, I don't know. It's, it ends up people is just called me for stuff. Like, thank God, because like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I, I do go out for auditions for things I really am excited about, but I always feel I, I'm, I'm, I've never like totally nailed it. I mean, I guess I, I've gotten jobs from auditions before. Yeah. So I don't know. That's that thing again of like, don't tell yourself you can't do things, but I'm not good about that kind of thing. So um, I guess my advice, I mean, my advice for anything is like, you just got to do it. The only way to learn is to do it and to like, be okay to just like scrape your knees up and make mistakes and not get shows and have really bad auditions and miss auditions because you slept in. And, but just like, if you want to do theater, you got to keep doing it. And like meeting people too. It's weird how like it is because it's a community it's a lot about like showing up to shows and like meeting people who are working on things and, you know, talking about your ideas of what shows you want to do, because you might even just say to someone like, oh, I really want to do cats. 
you know, let's do cats downtown in downtown LA in like a basement where it's like really weird and everybody's scary. <laughs> like, let's do that. And somebody else is like, oh my gosh, I want to do that too. And I have, you know, a million dollars. Let's do it. You got to do it. You just got to get in the world and do it. There's so many people in advice. LA who will, who will like go to like, go to extreme lengths to make something happen because like they want it so bad and like I know well like Brady Schwind who was the director for Carrie is like the ultimate one of the ultimate examples of that for me because he's such a dreamer and he's so into the details of the things he's working on that he just will work for so long like he worked for so long to make Carrie a reality and it was such a crazy extreme thing that he had envisioned his head and it's like if you were to tell that to someone they'd be like what the hell are you talking about but he made it happen. that sounds like impossible like people actually flying like bleachers moving around like he he made it happen but we also had worked on a um a workshop together after carrie we were workshopping this like nikola tesla musical oh. um that was really interesting and I was playing like electricity as like a muse that only Nikola Tesla can hear. Okay. It was really fun and cool but the thing was we were like workshopping and there wasn't a script for the show like there literally wasn't and we were improvising as these characters like Brady would be like okay here's the scenario like you're meeting you're he's seeing you after a really long time of having no inspiration and like you guys finally are seeing each other again like what do you say like improvising as Nikola Tesla and electricity being like and I and I'm doing it and it was so much fun but I'm thinking like how am I getting paid for this like there isn't even a script for this how are we in rehearsals for something there's no script for like it was really like mind-blowing to be like oh my gosh you can make anything a reality you can actually like make anything happen if you just get the right people involved and like put your energy into it and just like don't take no for an answer <laughs> yep it's amazing but that's like that was like Brady is constantly blowing my mind I he's in California right now I really want to go like meet up with him or something like in like just talk to him like through like a a scrim or something <laughs> like really that. dramatic and and like come up with some crazy ideas because I'm just like let's do something crazy yeah someone with the determination I love that I admire that in people and um you know I think it's not really like hustling and being like somebody that's like on it and like it's not really my style. <laughs> it doesn't come naturally to me. I'm like much more of a person of like, things are gonna happen. Like people will like, you know, and it it, it kind of has like people call me for stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a job. <laughs> yes, like, like sure, what? Yeah. So it's like, that's normally my style of just being like, I'm gonna do my own thing and like, be in my own world and then things will find me but um I really admire people that are like making it happen and I want to adopt that quality for myself so like same. <laughs> I want to have that quality all the time and like be that determined yeah let's do it uh, you are that way you are determined you are you are a, like let's do it person and I really appreciate that and love that about you well 
I mean, I, I, I try. <laughs> you do, try. you're doing it. it. Before I kind of wrap up, mm -hmm. uh, if you could turn any director's movie into an FTR show, what director would it be? Oh my gosh. I have to say it's gotta be David Lynch for me. Um, it has to be David Lynch. I love the way he uses music and his films and, and all of his projects and he makes music that's really amazing. And he's like one of my favorite people to ever exist. And his movies are like my favorite. That's like the, the way of, um, it's like world building, you know, you create this world and then by creating it, you invite people into it. I love that in anything. Um, but I think that would be really awesome and a little bit like weirder. And you have a lot of freedom because of the way that he is so surreal. Um, I think it would be interesting to see how that would go. But um, I don't know. I know they, I really um, would love to do like, I don't know, like Paul Thomas Anderson would be awesome too. He's okay. in yeah. a really amazing way. Um, but for me, my first choice would be David Lynch. If, okay, if you could bring any FTR show besides Love Actually or Brat Pat back for an extended period of time and be in it, which one would it be? Oh my gosh, I want them to do Boogie Nights. I want to do Boogie Nights. I want to yes. be in that crazy, that crazy zone. I want to do that somewhere crazy and have like, I love that movie so much, but I, and I've heard like, you know, I've seen videos and it just looks so much fun. If I could make anything happen, I would want to do Boogie Nights with For the Record. Yes. Because <laughs> it's just like classic. I need and I love the 70s. They're, they're all like, I don't know. There's something like, so when I found out about FTR, like there's something so ad like addictive about it. Like you want it all the time, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's really special. It's just really original. It's like, yeah. it's cool because like you are using I existing ideas, um, but you are creating something completely new. Um, yeah. It's really awesome that people, you know, I, I just love the idea of like anything. They're, they're really just like, they're really open to um whatever i i remember talking there it's not like just this too like they have ideas that are like past just like the idea of taking movie soundtracks and things like that i mean um they could do anything i would love for them to just like direct a musical that exists like take that team and like put on a musical it it's so many like they find so many amazing voices that are mm -hmm. like that work so well for all of these songs and that like people who can act out the characters in all these movies. Um, amazing, amazing actors, amazing, amazing singers. I can't believe these people exist. It really is astonishing to me. Yeah, I can't believe you all exist. <laughs> so obviously we all miss theater, mm -hmm. like we mentioned at the beginning. What are you most excited about when theater can come back in a safe environment? And like virtual theater is fantastic, but like when it can come back and audiences can be in the room. Oh my gosh. Um, definitely like imagine the energy from like, this is your first show back and 
the show, the curtain's about to like go up. Imagine being like, this is like, it could be any show, but imagine being there and either you're in the audience or you're on the stage and it's about to start and it's the first time for the longest time. That feeling is gonna be so amazing. Like just that moment to me is so like the, the like gratitude I think in that and the amazing like, I'm so happy to be here is so powerful that I can like feel it in my chest right now. <laughs> I'm gonna hear candy wrappers unwrapping for the first time in the theater and I'm gonna be like, oh my God, it's that, it's happening. Someone's gonna, people are gonna be coughing in the wrong spot. Glorious. Oh my gosh, baby, maybe there'll be a baby crying or like, you know, the first curtain call. You guys are just bowing and people are not gonna wanna stop clapping because they're just so happy to be in the audience. They're like, I'm never stopping, we're never leaving. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of standing ovations for every theater show the first night back, and it's going to make the shows last like five hours. I'm the type of person to just give a standing ovation after everything I see anyways. <laughs> just I mean, I'm, same. You did it. You did that. You were out there doing that. Like, it takes work, and it takes a lot of like, you have to just be a brave person to be on stage. I'm always the first person to stand up and be like, yes. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yes. So where can people follow you on social media to like find out what you're up to and like find like be inspired by you and uh, <laughs> well, just follow anything you do? Yeah, well, I have an Instagram that I use. Um, I don't know if like what how do I say it's like at right? Yeah, yeah. It's at Emily Lopez international that's my instagram um i'm i'm super excited because i'm working on a new album this year um i'll be recording it in oh hollywood yeah i'll be recording it's all about hollywood it's all about my year in hollywood um i worked at a at a escape room facility on hollywood boulevard called escape hotel hollywood i worked there all year um so the record's called escape hotel hollywood but it's not like I, I don't even mention working there at all. So it's not like affiliated, but for me, there was like no other title for this record because like the feeling of the way, like the way it was to be there that year of just like, this is where I was like meant to be this year and all the amazing strange people I met and um, I'll be recording with those amazing strange people. And um, I'm really excited for that. It's going to be cool, but I'll be working on it all year. And I want to do like a thing where I'm like, kind of making like a little bit like documentary series of like how we're making the record, who these weird people I'm working with are, um, like what what the songs are about. Cause my songs are all like, kind of like, what are you talking about? So I want to tell the stories a little bit um, to give, to have that like world, to build that world. So people can like come into this weird year that I lived and see what it was like and hear it. But I'll be doing um, some like jazz standards on it too, like old Hollywood standards. So that'll be really fun. Um, but I'm excited. So stay tuned for that. It'll be cool. I love that so much. I'm so impressed with like, when people can write music, like I, I know you put your mind to everything and like you do it. And I think that's amazing. And I'm just so impressed. Like when people like you can like write music and like record music for themselves, like that's, a, that's amazing. It's a whole thing. I mean, um, 
it's anybody creating anything it's like you have to put a lot of energy into it to make it real because I can like I can write songs and I I write them and normally they come pretty easy it's not like a really like arduous task to create a song most of the time it comes out like all at once um or it'll be like I'll write a section and then like three years later I'll figure out what that song is like connected to this other song I never knew they were one song um it's a special skill yeah it but it's this thing of like I could write those songs but then to create a a record you're building a whole other world around the songs where like the way you feel when you listen to this you picture being places you picture um you know like I want to be able to put the whole feeling like a whole feeling like a whole um a whole world um in the song so when you're recording it and working on it and adding to it and like really putting your mental energy into it you're like changing it into this other thing that's like especially this will be my first time ever working with other musicians on a recording project so this will be like oh my gosh this thing is something I never expected it to be you know I I never would have envisioned it but it's like just the dedication and the dedication to just like making something that's like beautiful and true and like for the greater good of humanity well I'm just gonna say I'm gonna give you the idea right now that you should do a virtual show for this or like an in-person show when we can all gather in a room together again yes okay I'm gonna do that I'm I mean I I want people to like to be a part of the process and see like what's going on because I'm sure it's gonna be like we started working on already the songs are written but the process of like the whole thing is going to be very strange I'm sure just as strange as the songs and the music so I love it I love it <laughs> We need original stuff. Yes, we like, do. Any original ideas in this world right now? Or bring it out. Just yep. listen to your imagination. Just whatever. And if, if it's just the stupidest, weirdest idea, just write it down on a napkin. You know, because maybe someone will dig it out of the trash and be like, "I'm gonna oh, make million dollars off of this idea." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me on this. It's so good to see you. I can't wait to see you really in person. And I know. Um, I hope that you sing a lot of karaoke. Yes. Singing a lot of karaoke. And I that mean, when we hang out, we can sing karaoke. Yes, I might not be as good as you at singing karaoke. But you don't have to be. You don't have to be good to sing karaoke. That's the amazing part. True. Okay. <laughs> I'll work on the confidence. Yes. Of- like when I'm singing karaoke I'll work on the confidence so that I do have confidence to sing karaoke in front of people (laughs) okay and I'll work on my confidence to be a better go-getter this year yes (laughs) our our resolutions for life (laughs) not just for the year for life (laughs) yeah forever thanks for watching this episode of backstage with Becca B you can follow me on twitter and instagram at Becca B talks tv Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!